0: Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Welcome everyone to the Milky A Podcast, the podcast that talks deep public popular culture until it explodes all over your face. As always, I am David Davis. I am here now to introduce this year's Christmas special, which is actually a little bit of last year's Christmas special, because we are going to go over our favourite Christmas movies of all time. So there's myself, there is Dino, there is Boo, there is Jay, and all four of us are going to let you know what you need to be watching this Christmas period. Enjoy! Merry Christmas for the Milking It podcast. Uh, So, this is a little bit different. As we said, it's a mini milk. We're just going to run through these top five. To start off, uh, this was recorded about three weeks ago between Boo and myself. So, here is our chit-chat. And Boo and myself, we both give you our top five Christmas films of all time.
1: You wanna milk it and you
2: know. You gotta milk it and you know. Now, Dave... Uh, In the early days of the Milking It podcast, we had a segment quite popular, which was our top fives. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. So I thought, being that it's nearly Christmas, um, as a little gift to the Milkses, we thought we would uh, bring back top five, but with a seasonal flavour. So um, (coughs) for the next two weeks, we will be presenting um, the top five Christmas Mm. movies.
0: Absolutely. So this week, uh, Boo and I are going to, uh, give us, <laughs> or give us, give you our top five movies. Uh, so Boo's going to do his, I'll do mine. Um, and then obviously we invite your comments on Facebook, fourslash milking it. Um, we've got, uh, Jay's, we've got Dino and we've got, uh, Andrew Judas Carter's, uh, stuff coming up and, but any, top fives you want to put on Facebook we'll discuss next week. If there's anything that we don't cover in ours and anything you disagree with, anything you like
2: please let us know. Yes Dave so um, <clears throat> I'm going to jump straight in with my number five movie um, the Bruce Willis action classic Die Hard set around Christmas um, hmm. obviously everyone's seen this film and if you haven't milked as get on it now and why you listening to a podcast like this when you haven't seen a movie like Die Hard. Um, <laughs> But yes, um, terrorists take over the Nakatomi Plaza. Bruce Willis goes in to save the day in his vest and bare feet. It's a Christmas classic for me. Um, it's got that good uh, that, that good time ending as well. So um, number five for me is the action classic Die Hard. Um, number four, David, mm. is, um, is a horror film that I saw a couple of years ago. I've actually got it on DVD um, called Black Christmas. Uh, it's really creepy Um Not a lot of well-known people in it. um, Mm. And uh, just a really watchable horror film. Uh, And one for the seasonal uh, tides as well. So um, if if you can track it down, it's from the 70s. It's called Black Christmas. Um, They did do a remake, but I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) Number three on my list. I've actually got a toss-up between two movies here. Um, My number two and number one movie were quite easy. The number three movie, I wanted to throw a comedy in there.
3: Mm.
2: So it's a toss-up between Bad Santa... Uh, a comedy for adults and um, the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic got to get Jamie the turbo man doll jingle all the way um, which also stars I believe uh, the big show Paul Wright yes I believe so yeah he does have a little cameo in that so ba- Bad Santa is uh, Billy Bob Thornton um, mm. it's a, a comedy about a, basically a, a, a drunk kind of bum version of um, he's a mall Santa Um really, really funny movie. One of those kind of gross out comedies as well. Yeah. Uh, I recommend watching it with your kids, but, um, I would recommend, uh, maybe when the, when the kids are in bed and the stockings are up, get yourself a copy of Bad Santa to enjoy. And, and of course, Jingle All The Way. Um, Arnie's not known for great comedies, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, it's, 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 it's a very watchable, uh, little Christmas movie. My number two and my number one, I'm going to touch on a bit more. Mm. Um, number two on my list uh, stars bill murray and it's a um, a retelling of the classic uh, christmas carol by charles dickens um it's scrooge now uh, I, you must have seen this film day
0: yes indeed yeah absolutely uh, amazing film just very cool
2: details right here on the podcast no um scrooge is a really good um, a good comedy it's an 80s classic and it's bill murray at his best yeah. um now my number one movie um, every i i I don't, want to, I don't want to disappoint most. I'm not a massive Christmas guy. I, <laughs> because I've worked in um, various places during Christmas, it's kind of solid my uh, my my Christmas spirit. But there is one tradition I hold dear, and that is my my uh, annual viewing of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, I love this film. Um, everything about this film for me screams Christmas. It's Chevy being brilliant. It's it's just. <laughs> Just a great movie. So I highly recommend you track down a copy of mm. Christmas Vacation. But then again, I'm sure it's number one on a lot of you guys' list. Um, as I said, for me, it's not Christmas until I've cracked out a copy of Christmas Vacation. So, um, so yeah, that, that's my little mixed-up list of um, Christmas movies uh, for your Yuletide pleasure. So, David, mm. okay. let here your favourite Christmas films for this annual uh tidings?
0: Yeah, well I felt quite guilty because I picked stuff that no one else seems to have picked, but uh, um, my number five would be and this won't seem to be a surprise for anyone who's involved, would be Batman Returns Only because it's set at Christmas and it does have that Christmassy feel. And whenever I think, oh, yeah, I'll put a Christmas film on. Batman Returns is one of those films that I think, right, I'm going to definitely watch. Uh, 1992, it was the follow up to the 1989 uh, Burton film. Um, I wasn't old enough to really understand why people didn't like it. I was old enough just to get excited by the fact there was a new Batman film because obviously the original was out and I loved it. And then this one came out. It's
2: like, oh, my God, there's,
0: there's two villains. You've got Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer in that
2: skin tight suit. And... Please, Dave, please wait. There were three villains. We've mentioned this before on the Milking It podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Talking Max Shrek. For Batman. For me, yeah, completely.
0: Who who never did anything, never existed outside of that film. Gotta well, have more Batman. But you know, it was just a great film and absolutely wonderful. And they even had Miss Christmas, uh, you know, the uh, the the, uh, the character that got destroyed by falling into a Christmas tree, courtesy of the Penguin. But um, yeah, for me, that would, that would be definitely my number five number four um is the muppets christmas carol um i saw this at the cinema in 1992 i'm not ashamed to say and uh, absolutely loved it and it's possibly the only mm, other than batman films the only michael caine film i've actually watched so ignore the italian job please crucify me as you will for knowing that information
2: but um yeah i've got to say, dave that's that is shocking to me um, he's a great actor highly, he is, recommend, absolutely. highly recommend the man who would be king hmm. i think that's was that the one um that's with sean connery that's a great movie sorry yeah,
0: but, I, I, i'm sure many people say you know dirty and scoundrels and this that and the other but oh yeah. jesus dirty rotten scoundrels was brilliant steve martin oh man yeah absolutely and 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 you know, I'm, I'm very sorry. I've not seen those films, but I have seen I'm Christmas Carol, uh, which is an adaptation, obviously of the Charles Dickens novel. Um, and I love it. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. I I can happily watch that every single year, which again is the same with my number three choice, which would be the nightmare before Christmas. Uh, again, saw that at the cinema in 1993. Um, it's not so much tim burton because obviously directed by henry Selleck, who has gone on to amazing things with Coraline and stuff like that but uh the, the the main draw was it was tim burton at that time for me anyway so obviously i come off did the wait, back of the batman go on did henry Selleck do paranormal yes he did
2: I, oh it's a fantastic film
0: beautiful and so many little hints and leaks to the universal horror movies and everything else are just perfect. But yes, on this movie, um, uh, Henry Selick uh, directed, co-produced by Tim Burton, uh, it had that Tim Burton look and he kind of took the credit for most of it. Danny Elfman did the score, just a a wonderful movie. And at at the time it was one of those movies that you wish they'd had like figures and like, uh, t-shirts and everything for but they did nothing the only reason they ever did any sort of merchandise for it was because it it became a big hit in Japan after mm. it did that it then became a big hit with emos in America and everything else and then it became a huge thing that is now and now we can get fucking everything with Jack Skellington. on so that, that, that is literally one of my favourite Christmas movies number three Nightmare Before Christmas Number two would be The Grinch. And controversially, not the animated Boris Karloff Grinch, but the Jim Carrey Grinch. So I would... <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Boo to kick in to go...
2: I'm a big fan of comedy. And um, as such, I I have... A certain affinity for comedians who, to the public eye, might not be um, that that good an actor. I mean, people like (laughs) – and we'll defend them – people like Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler, people like that. Maybe not Rob Schneider, but – because I'm a big fan of SNL and, like, the old American comedies and stuff that they came from before uh, Jim Carrey was in living colour. So – I will defend these guys to the hill. The Grinch is not a bad film. No. And the other thing is, I'm not really a fan of Dr. Seuss. I didn't read the Dr. Seuss kids' uh, books as a kid. So for me, The Grinch was just a standalone film, a Christmas film. I had seen the original one, and I remember it specifically because it was in the first Home Alone, the uh, the, the Grinch song. <laughs> and that was one of the first times I'd heard the word heel. I think one of the lyrics is, you're a heel, Mr. Grinch. Ah, fair So yes. So I'm, I'm, my silence was... was was uh, on purpose. That That's allowed, Dave. You can you can have The Grinch. Okay,
0: well, there we go. I'm I'm choosing The Grinch at number two with Jim Carey. Uh, just a wonderfully made film. The special effects are amazing. It's Ron Howard directing. It's the guy who directed Forrest Gump, for God's sake. <laughs> you know, it, it, and he uh, was in The Happy Days. Yeah, well, we, we don't talk about that. But yes, absolutely a, a massive, massive film for me. I, I love The Grinch. Every year, that's the one I have to watch. Except My number one movie, which is, as I'm sure people who have listened to the Milking It podcast will not be surprised, is Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Because A, I fucking love New York, and B, I fucking love Tim Curry. So
2: this is the perfect Christmas movie for me. Absolutely, 100%. Sorry, go on. No, no, I totally, I'd, I'd actually preferred... Uh, lost in new york to the original
0: oh absolutely the original mm, is all right yeah but i saw home alone 2 three times in the cinema and i saw it with my mom and it was one of those moments of finding a film where both of us just laughed out loud every time you know there is nothing funnier than someone being hit in the head with a can of paint because <laughs> Home Alone 2 for me and it was the reason that when I went to New York I went to specific places because I remember it from that film Did you go uh, to
2: the toy shop Dave?
0: It, that toy shop does not exist <laughs> sadly I found oh, well. out doing research that does not exist but yes, yeah, I, I went to as close approximation of that toy shop as you can do but the yeah <laughs> The the hotel exists, but sadly, Tim Curry is not behind there telling us to wrap out warm because it's cold outside. But yeah, absolutely. Home Alone 2 for me is my Christmas movie. It makes me feel happy. It makes me feel safe. It is my absolute big, let's say it, bucket of win.
2: So there's 10 Christmas movies there for you to enjoy over the festive season. Um, so I'm glad we had different choices, Dave. Mm.
0: Proof positive that if you put your minds to it, kids, you can talk about any old bollocks for 15 minutes. Uh, that was myself and Boo chit-chatting with our top five Christmas movies of all time. You may have noticed one of us might have had a few eggnogs before we discussed that. Uh, proof positive that, uh, yet again, 2014 needs to be a sober year when broadcasting for the Dave. Next up is Jay. Jay has provided us with so much entertainment, it's untrue. Uh, fabulously edited, well written, absolutely wonderfully performed. Um, the Sticky Floor Fun Emporium, which has been with us since day one, in fact formed the teaser YouTube video for the Milking it podcast before we even sat down and chit-chatted and broadcast our first uh, episode. Um, the best thing about it is that he provides this entertainment for free, not only to you, but also to me. Uh, So, Jay, thank you very much, and please keep it coming. Uh, It's literally one of my favourite things. I never, ever listen to the the, uh, stuff that Jay sends me before I drop it into the podcast. So the first time I get to hear it is when I'm copying and pasting it into the main thing when I'm sat here trying to blunder my way through using the very basic PC equipment that we use to uh, put together the Milking It podcast. So here is Jay with another wonderfully edited, wonderfully written, and wonderfully delivered moment. This is his top five in his Christmas movies of all time.
4: A Golden Christmas A Golden Christmas 2 A Golden Christmas 3 Santa Buddies The Search for Santa Paws A Dog Named Christmas The Dog Who Saved Christmas The Dog Who Saved Christmas Vacation The Twelve Dogs of Christmas The Twelve Dogs of Christmas 2, Great Puppy Rescue. Spot's Magical Christmas, The Dog Who Saved the Holidays. Santa Paul's 2, The Santa Pups. Chilly Christmas, The Adventures of Bailey, Christmas Hero. Santa's Dog, A Christmas Wedding Tale. Nineteen, that's nineteen, yes, nineteen films about golden retrievers at Christmas. Wow, what a well catered for yet incredibly niche market. Unfortunately none of those films make my list. Let's start at number five on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yes, this was a Christmas film. It was set at Christmas anyway. It's my favourite Bond film I think. It features Telly Savalas as Blowfield, a neck ruffed and unfairly maligned George Lazenby, plus a shit-tonne of snow. What could be more Christmas than that? It also featured the closest thing to character development for Bond until some 30 years later, as the normally ice-cold spy suffers huge emotional grief as he cradles the corpse of his wife, who is mercilessly gunned down in the very last scene. Ah, how Christmassy. Ho, 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 ho. Number four, Home Alone. Of course, Home Alone. Joe Pesci hamming it up. Macaulay Culkin actually getting paid. The Scary Boiler. Carol of the Bells. La, 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 la. Those ridiculous booby traps that would kill people. And, of course, the McCann-style parenting. Classic John Hughes. Good work, John Hughes. It's a pity you're dead. So let's give you number three as well to commiserate your loss. More classic John Hughes. Is it his best ever? I think so. Of course it is. And of course it's planes, trains and automobiles. Martin and Candy at the peak of their comedic powers. Chemistry of Flame in what's easily one of the best, if not the best, road movie ever made. Will Neil Page make it home for... Oh, shit. Thanksgiving? Ah, fuck it. It had snow in it and turkey. Balls. Better think of another one then, hadn't I? so here's the real number three A Christmas Carol Uh, just A Christmas Carol or Scrooge or take your pick of George C. Scott Alistair Sim, Bill Murray, Mickey Mouse Albert Finney uh, Jim Carrey, Simon Callow Blackadder or the fucking Muppets it's the quintessential Christmas story boy what day is this why it's Christmas Day sir Very good, very good. Get to the nearest all-night garage and get me the finest DVD of my story that you can. Very good, sir. Even the Kelsey Grammar one? No, no. Uh, Fuck you, boy. Fuck you. I've changed my mind. Christmas is fucking shit again. Number two, Gremlins. Because yay, Gremlins is the second best movie that opened on June 8th, 1984. The first and best, of course, being Ghostbusters. Endlessly rewatchable, incredibly funny, and at times perilously scary. Gremlins is up there with the cream of 80s classics. Also, it features Phoebe Cates. Well, I wouldn't mind unwrapping on Christmas morning, you know what I mean? (laughs) Cool, blind, cool blimey. Oh, she got fat. She got quite fat, yes. I'll remember you as you were, Phoebe. It's Christmas. Gremlins also shares a direct link with my number one choice, as its Kingston Falls location was modelled on Bedford Falls, which is, of course, the town in number one. It's a wonderful life. Yeah, it's a popular choice and it's schmaltzy and it's sugary, but it's a bona fide outright winner all the same. Old George Bailey, played by Jimmy Stewart, is a lovely bugger, kind and loving to everyone he meets. He's also, unfortunately, an absolute luckless fucking loser who contemplates ending his life when things just don't plan out the way he wanted them to. That is until he meets Clarence, a wingless angel who is tasked with showing George what the town would be like if he never existed. If the end of this movie doesn't make you shed a single tear, I suggest that you check to see if you have a metal endoskeleton. Because clearly, dude... You have zero fucking humanity in you. It is the saddest film, but it's sad in a good way. It's a, it's a joy and elation, elation bubbles up inside you and spews out like a cock or a volcano. It's been parodied hundreds of times, no doubt in at least one of those Golden Retriever films I mentioned earlier, and there's no doubt why it's the best Christmas story ever. Go now and go and warm those bloody cockles of yours. Yeah, sorry, Die Hard 1 and 2, Batman Returns, and the He-Man She-Ra Christmas special. Maybe next year, eh? So that was
0: Jay's top five movies. Um, next up, I'm going to read you, uh, Andrew, Judas Carter's uh, top five Uh Judas was involved in a mini-milk a few months ago. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, please go back and listen. It was a really, really fun chat. And uh, we sort of chit about this, that, and everything. But the, the main uh, sort of crux of it, about 40 minutes of it, was uh, just discussing uh, WWE 2K14 and uh, the merits of downloadable content in games nowadays. But uh, genuinely great. And we had some really, really good feedback from it. It was definitely one of the highlights of doing the, uh, the uh, Milking It podcast so far. So... Uh, Andrew has two lists Uh, he starts off and says his top five movies uh, are the top five set at Christmas so number five Ghostbusters 2 not Christmas per se but New Year is part of the Christmas holidays and I'm such a Ghostbusters fan that I'm including it I don't care what people think about the sequel I love it as much as the original I've seen it just as many times as the first one which is probably six or seven times a year number four Trading places. It's Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd at their prime. What more needs to be said? Number three. Iron Man 3. It was the first post-Avengers Marvel movie and in my mind hit the ground running. It has a buddy cop feel to it and I loved the Mandarin twist. Looking forward to watching it on Sky Movies premiere on Christmas Day. Number two. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. The film that helped restore Robert Downey Jr. from movie jail before Iron Man shot him to the moon. Written directed by Shane Black, the writer of Lethal Weapon and the writer-director of Iron Man 3. Hilarious stuff and needs to be watched. He simply says, Number one, die hard. Need I say more? His second top five is a top five Christmas themed. So at number five, jingle all the way. Arnie vs Sinbad for the hot ticket item. Number four, Santa Claus the movie, John Lithgow vs. Santa. Number three, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, the first vacation movie. Number two, Elf, Peter Dinklage being called an angry little elf. Number one, Die Hard, because it's fucking die hard. Honourable mentions from Judas, Bad Santa, The Santa Claus and Batman Returns those were judas's christmas movies so when it comes to illustration there's only one man we rely on at the milking it podcast and that is our illustrator extraordinaire dino peppers the man behind the illustrations that you see every time that you click on your android or your ipod or you Whatever the fuck you download your MP3s on. I don't know. I'm not in yeah, alive. Um life. Yeah, it's Dino Peppers. And he is the curator of 8 O'Clock Comics. He is the man behind the myth, behind the legend. That Instagram account of all them fat cats and lots of people in lucha masks. Yes, it is Dino Peppers. And he has provided us with his top five Christmas movies of all time. And here's your chance to hear them. As I said before, he is the man who makes Morrissey sound like he's been on Mogadon. This man is so excitable, it's... Oh, it'll blow your fucking mind.
4: Here's Dino!
3: So a few days ago, I got an email from Boo and Day, the presenters of the delightful Milking it Podcast. Asking me to contribute my top five films for the Christmas edition of their show. Wow, I thought, what a tough question. My top five films? I mean, there are so many great films, how does one limit themselves to just five? Do I show my appreciation of the classics? Or my love of bad movies? Or do I just choose those films that have helped shape my life? Then I had a thought. Why do they want my top five films for the Christmas podcast? A quick reread of the email made me realize they were my top five Christmas films for the podcast. Da. It's so much easier to decide now. There are a lot less movies to choose between. And I fucking hate Christmas. The festive season is just a bullshit excuse for people to be greedy and hypocritical about being nice to each other. I mean, this overly commercialised holiday can just fucking do one as far as I'm concerned. But, bah, humbuggery aside, I do have a top 5 selection for you. Number 5. The Nightmare Before Christmas. What's this? What's this? A Tim Burton film without Helena the Carter and Johnny Depp? You just know if it was George Lucas he would have remastered it with them in by now. Thankfully he isn't though, and we have this original little musical romp which covers both the holidays of Halloween and Christmas, using what are now the most recognisable stop motion characters outside of Wallace, Gromit and more. Number 4. It's a Wonderful Life. After years I hated this film, I always thought it a bunch of smorchy, lovey dovey Hollywood crap. But then I actually watched it. And fuck me, is it depressing? Uh, poor old George Bailey gets shit on his entire life. And he's only got his family keeping him the same. Then on one Christmas, the shit hits him and the fan next to him. Which only helps to cover him in more shit than usual. And he decides to top himself. Suicide in the Christmas movie. But everybody is always happy at Christmas, right? Number three, Scrooged. I'm pretty sure you know the Christmas carol tale by now. A miserable old cunt gets visited by free ghosts and he changes his evil ways. I'm sure a lot of people will think this story can apply to all people that hate Christmas but Scrooge was an asshole all year round I'm a fucking ball of sunshine and kittens most of the time. Anyway this is a modern day (coughs) 90s take on the tale and the story is so good you really only need good actors in the parts and with this one you've got Bill Murray playing the Scrooge role. So you can't lose. Number two, Gremlins. <coughs> a Christmas film for kids. That's quite dark and scary. With some killings that, if you took away the Gremlins and replaced them with people, would actually be brutal as hell. I mean, one goes in a blender. I don't want to get stabbed to death quite violently. And then I want to, go to the microwave. And then we have the other recurring theme on this list, Suicide. With Phoebe Kate's Why I Hate Christmas Speech, putting the film down to the dark route that is almost anti-Christmas. Lovely. And number one, a Muppets Christmas Carol. You know what I said about Scrooge? That. And fucking Muppets. So there's my top five Christmas films. One film set in a land of horror, torture and pain two films featuring characters resembling death and two films that talk openly about suicide. Yeah I'm a real christmas guy as you can tell. I've been Dino Peppers, you can check my website out at 8oClockComics.com where you can buy my comics, t-shirts and art prints. And I'm pretty sure someone was expecting me to put Die Hard on the list, but it's not because it's not actually a christmas film, sorry. Bar humbug and fuck off.
0: That was our uh, movies guide from last year. I I still stand by my picks. I'm sure everyone else does too. Um, We now go to a gift guide, courtesy of
4: Jay Hodgkin. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Gormless Gits Guide for Geek Gifts at Grinch Time. So please come. Come and sit down by the fire. No, not there. Not there. Nope. No. God, no. There, right there, yes. Sit there on the floor like the dog you are, that's right. Coming from Tunbridge Wells, I know you're poorer than me, and you don't deserve to sit on any of my antique furniture, despite there being four 17th century Wincot chairs free. Now, as I lay naked on this Renaissance-era chaise-ange, quaffing whole quail legs and drinking the finest wines known to humanity... "'I look at you with no small amount of sneering disgust. "'You haven't done any Christmas shopping yet? "'What is this nonsense? "'I completed my Christmas shopping in June. "'Or rather, my butler did. "'Young Tarquinus got a speedboat, "'Lady Gertrude got a new stable for a prize-winning foals, "'and the kindly Lady Jackie at the local waitrose "'got a solid gold 14-inch replica "'of her favourite Coronation Street character, Norris.' Did you know that in Tom even our checkout assistants are moneyed? She arrives at the diamond gates of our waitrose by a Labrador-drawn chariot made of titanium and silver before donning her uniform of a mink fur-lined silk tabard and her bejeweled tiara. But I digress. I was belittling you for being working class and having to struggle from paycheck to paycheck, leaving your Christmas gift-buying until the very last minute, you slovenly dog. Now, you don't get to pass into the fortified walls that houses the luxurious principality of Tunbridge Wells without having megabucks. I made mine by making careful investments, and I'll be helping you... You lowly scumbag, make shrewd purchases for your friends and family so you can have a reasonable pauper's time in your respective hovels over the next few episodes. This week, I'll bring you three board games for nerds, because arguing over the dinner turkey sometimes doesn't provide enough misery. The first one doesn't even have a board, so we're off to a rollicking start. Cards Against Humanity, as the name suggests, is played using only cards. Disgusting cards. Make no mistake, this is no game you can play with grandparents, prudes or clergymen. So, each player is given ten random answer cards on which are ten random slogans. The rounds, Games Master reads out a question. Then all the other players pick one of their ten cards and place them face down on the table. The games master then reads out the question, twinned with the response, and then votes on the best pairing based on suitability, but mainly humour. Here is an example. I played a game where the question was, blank, ruined the school trip. The Jimmy Savile card was obviously the winning card to play, and so it was proved thus when I won the round. It's the perfect, disgusting bastard's way to end a Christmas day with some good friends. We've well, had to be polite to family members who've bought you some god-awful rubbish. Next up, X-Wing. We are nerds, are we not brothers and sisters? Okay, not that many sisters, but we all do love Star Wars. Yes, I'm generalising about my social genus again, but I bet there's more of you who love Star Wars than don't. So, how about a tabletop game that pitches A-wings and X-wings against TIE bombers and TIE fighters, eh? That's got to be a better afternoon's entertainment than watching an unelected monarch drone on in a posh monotone about corgis and caviar shortages, right? It's complex and beguiling at first, with more rules than a Ryman's. But one game in and you'll be itching to play again. You can assign cards of famous pilots like Wedge Antilles, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker to your craft to boost their abilities. Then you fly the plastic craft towards each other across the battlefield of a large table, trying to second-guess the other guys' tactics. A jinking epic battle ensues, almost exhilarating if you're as desperately excitement deficient as myself. You can even bolster the game with add-on packs featuring scale representations of ships like the Millennium Falcon and Darth Vader's Interceptor. The games take a while, but it is well worth the effort. Well recommended. And finally, Risk Legacy. This ain't your daddy's risk. Risk Legacy is similar to the old stalwart in terms of tasking you to build up armies and conquer opponents' continents. But it has its own distinctive exciting properties that set it apart from every other board game on Earth. Why? Well, the game can only be played 15 times before you have to throw the bugger away, for one. And you'll always have to play with the exact same players in all of these 15 games. What other game, I ask, you tasks you with writing directly on the game board the first time you play it, and tearing up some of its game cards? And what follows is Risk, but as a multi-game epic, with new elements added on completion of certain tasks. Sealed envelopes are opened and new rules added to the guidebook on about the fifth game or so, giving it a rich narrative. And it works. It may seem weird to stick a permanent adhesive back token to a £40 board game, but it makes it that more compelling. It ceases to become an evening's entertainment and becomes instead a sort of saga, where everyone moves around their evening schedule to play it. So what started as a night avoiding the snoring of your uncle in front of the Downton Abbey Christmas special can end weeks or months later with a board covered in stickers and scribblings and a trip to Amazon to buy another set. Make no mistake about it. You'll want another set of Risk Legacy. Well, that's it for my Christmas tips for this week. Come back next week with my suggestions for nerdy clothing. Now, be off with your... Before I get the dogs onto you, away from my fire!
0: Greetings, podcast fans. Uh, I'm Mossman, off of 80s cartoon Masters of the Universe. And as you can imagine, since that cartoon finished, I've had plenty of time on my hands to check out all the geeky podcasts on the internet. And trust me when I say, the best one around is the Milking It podcast. They review films, TV, comics, wrestling and anything else from the Week of Geek. And what's more, you can get it on iTunes, you can get it on Stitcher or you can get it on direct link from the MilkingItpodcast.com. That's milkingitpodcast.com So, check out David Davis and the Totally Insane Tape Show's on Boulamont on the Milking It Podcast now! <laughs> anyway guys... Gotta get going, I've just had a very strange text from Ram Man about his battered rosebud. <laughs> Sounds like Fisto's been messing about in his garden again. Take it easy!
4: Oh, it's you again. You're back for the second part of my gift guide, you snivelling pezzle. Squat, but pass no matter from between your cheeks. Just sit, whelp, and listen. There is a Yuletide saying that goes, Christmas is coming and the goose is getting fat. And, as well as we all know, the reason for that is that people eat turkey at Christmas and not goose, so the goose is eating the turkey's share of the farmyard feed while the turkey is taken away to be murdered. Unfortunately for the goose, and indeed us two legged apes, is that getting fat at Christmas means that we have to buy new clothes. So, why not do them a favour and get your fellow nerds some clothes for Christmas? They won't mind. Their mum usually buys them all their stuff anyway. QWERTY. QWERTY is an island-based t-shirt company with an interesting concept. Every day they upload user-submitted artwork for QWERTY visitors to view and vote for. The shirts with the most votes appear for purchase in the following weeks, for you to purchase at £8, but here's the catch, for only 24 hours. The reason for this is that these shirts are, um, slightly copyright infringing. Mixtures of nerd culture iconography from Avengers, Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Firefly, Doctor Who, Breaking Bad, Studio Ghibli. They appear in artwork together, and they're all of great quality in both artwork style and shirt. By the time the lawyers have clicked the end of their biros with their thumbs, they're gone. No litigation required. So as well as sticking it to the man, you'll be the only person in town to be wearing that shirt. Now, Not only that, they give you free flipping haribo, because your teeth are evil and they need to be punished. Jumpers. As anyone who's ever seen a flamboyantly adorned tree strangely bought inside a house can testify, Christmas is horrendously tacky. Even if you're the most classy, cool guy in the world. And let's face it, you're not. Christmas tackiness is currently all around us, like the ocean itself. So... You should just let yourself drown in this tinsel and glitter. Wear a funking Christmas jumper, will ya? There are some Christmas jumpers out there that will appeal to your nerd sensibilities, I think. Yes, there are some that feature characters from Star Wars and DC, but all are trumped by a set released this year by Yellow Bulldog and Numbskull we have released jumpers based on video games such as Street Fighter II, Sonic the Pig, and that famous PlayStation button layout. Available for around the £30 mark. They're currently clogging up the damn aisles of your local purple-fonted video games emporium. You know the one I mean. Other winter wear... They have their jumper, but it's still cold. Maybe they'll freeze out there. Head on over to Forbidden Planet in London's West End. Or go on the internet, men and women from faraway lands. They'll need other apparel, otherwise their death will be on your conscience forever, you see. How about hats based on the characters from Adventure Time? That will warm their ears while they think of the surrealist adventures of Jake and Finn, won't it? Won't it? Well, the answer yes. Yes, good, good. Or a nice warm scarf, because their neck is a whinging bitch that squeals at the touch of Jack Frost's fingers. They can get scarves based on the houses of Hogwarts. A neck warm is modelled on those worn by the Fourth Doctor which they could pair with the sleeveless knitted jumper of the seventh Doctor Who, if they really wanted to look like a megadork, throne warmer of the nerdgasm. And when they get into the warm, they could shove all this sculpted, gaily-coloured cheap fuzz into the backpack that resembles Link's shield from Ocarina of Time. That looks just dandy. Remember how he used to wear it on his back? Phew! come back later. All this nerd clothing talk has got me excited to the point of yippee. And I need to cool my engines into a tube sock. Close the door on your way out. Tatty, bye for now.
5: An ancient evil that feeds on the sick and demented which once haunted videos that were rented are back to turn the blood to ice of all of those who own a personal digital device. On VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray, too. In your pants, it may make you do a crawl. Cool. Therefore, celebrate and rejoice Peppers and Lamont as they tell tales of films you should and should not The Totally Insane Tape Show is something you should not fear. Listen to it with some food snacks and a beer. To find it, go to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. No excuses to these sites. You must go. And to find out whence the evil comes from, go online and look at totallyinsanetaperoad.com
4: <laughs> Oh, look, it's you again. I'm rapidly tiring with all this Christmas present chit-chat and I need to wrap this up much like you haven't done with your yet-to-be-purchased Christmas presents, you sloppy, honky-tonk regular Joes. Disposable plastic rubbish has often been the reserve of last-minute Christmas shoppers who grab the nearest thing to the till on the shelves of those pop-up mankind shops. How about you do that again this year, but actually put the curveball in of actually putting some thought into it? You slacker. Start off by lighting up their life with illuminated Tetris blocks. The blocks slot together in whichever formation you ruddy well fancy and glow like the ruddy cheeks of Boulamont during an icy wind. It looks cool on your bedside table, although you won't be able to use it to read or play Tetris on the original Game Boy. But it looks as cool as disco, so shut the fuzz up. Guardians of the Galaxy was a ruddy good movie, wasn't it? And also, dogfarts are guaranteed to ruin your day. Now, these two things don't sound like they should be paired together. Although there was that dog in the space wasn't he cute? But you can bet the Fido will be pumping out the stink clouds after Christmas dinner leftovers. So, get your vengeance on the pungent pooch by donning a Star-Lord mask... And blasting the mongrel with a foam bullet from your new Nerf Starlord Battle Gear Blaster I should put a disclaimer on this, saying that you shouldn't shoot your dog because it's cruel. But for Pete's sake it's a foam bullet. They encourage you to shoot other children with it. I'm sure Waggington Barker will get over it. So yes, the Nerf Starlord Battle Gear Blaster then definitely get hold of that. Double quick! How about giving your loved one a copy of Transformers 4 Age of Extinction on DVD this Christmas? I don't know, perhaps because you like them, maybe? How about instead you bring back that joy to that embittered old geek by giving them back their Transformers? Old favourites like Springer, Blitzwing and Grimlock are available, looking much like they did in the 80s cartoons and comics, thanks to the Hasbro Generations Voyager range. They look great, but rather like the old toys, which for the most part, rose tints cast aside, looked ropey and breakable, they look really decent indeed. And they transform into their original forms too, all except Blaster and Soundwave, because tape decks... Get with the program, Grandad They turn into tanks instead Tanks are better They have guns and can't play UB-40 Awesome And that, my friends Is your Yuletide lot Enjoy your scheduled fun time I hope the new year brings some happiness Or at least bear a new pair of shoes Yours look disgusting And smell like flooded graveyards Now, back to your filth And see if the orphanage has any fresh saplings. I need more human fuel for my lavish fireplace. Do I sound like Jimmy Savile? I'd best go before they find out. I am Jimmy Savile. I'm your Christmas nightmare. Goodbye, jewellery, jewellery. Uh, or something
0: Uh, happy holidays for everyone who's listening thank you very much for listening to uh, last year's kind of bits and pieces this year's bits and pieces this was the Milking It Podcast I am David Davis and I leave you with this
1: Christmas It's sentimental I know But I just really like it I Am hardly Religious I'd rather Break bread with Dawkins Than Desmond To to be honest And yes, I have all of the usual objections to consumerism, to the commercialization of an ancient religion, to the westernization of a dead Palestinian press gang into selling playstations and beer. But I still really like it. Looking forward to Christmas Though I'm not expecting A visit from Jesus I'll be seeing my dad My brother and sisters, my gran and my mum. They'll be drinking white wine in the sun I'll be seeing my dad My brother and sisters My gran and my mom They'll be drinking white wine In the sun I don't go in for ancient wisdom don't believe just because ideas are tenacious, it means that they're worthy. I get freaked out by churches. Some of the hymns that they sing have nice chords, but the lyrics are spooky. And yes, I have all of the usual objections to the miseducation of children who in tax-exempt institutions are taught to externalize blame and to feel ashamed and to judge things as plain right or wrong. But I quite like the song. expecting big presents The old combination of soft chops and chocolates is just fine by me Cause I'll be seeing my dad and My brother and sisters, my gran and my mom They'll be drinking white wine in the sun I'll be seeing my dad My brother and sisters My gran and my mom They'll be drinking white wine in the sun And you, my baby girl My jet-lagged infant daughter You'll be handed round the room a puppy at a primary school, and you won't understand, but you will learn someday, that wherever you are, and whatever you face, these are the people who make you feel safe in this world, my sweet blue-eyed girl. And if my baby girl, when you're 21 or 31, and Christmas comes around, and you find yourself 9,000 miles from home, you'll know why. ever comes. Brothers and sisters and me and your mom We'll be waiting for you in the sun Whenever you come Your brothers and sisters, your aunts and your uncles Your grandparents, cousins and me and your In the sun drinking white wine in the sun, and darling. When Christmas comes, I will be waiting for you in the sun. Drinking white wine in the sun, waiting for you in the sun, waiting for you. sentimental I know